Our first reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis, the first and second chapters. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a dome in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above it, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed that is in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living thing that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth in the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. 
So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life. I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand as you're able. Holy Gospel this morning according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. And will you pray with me? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above you, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. The God who was, the God who is, the God who is to come, who made all that there is, and who called it very good. Continue to call us as you see fit, that in all things we may be your people, shared for the life of the world, that your creation may have life and have it abundantly. Shine your light into us, that the darkness may never overcome us, and that we always may be led by your love, by your light, and by your word. All these things and all the things of our hearts we lift before you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Words are powerful. We place great importance on words. The, the first words forced from our playpens, the, the last words we muster on our deathbeds, vows we make at our wedding, and oaths we repeat at various stages along the way. Whether it's in stone, penned on a page, or typed in a text, words have the power to comfort, to memorialize, to encourage, to inspire. Words, in many ways, bear the weight of the world as we attempt to convey thought and emotion and meaning through the limitations of grammar and punctuation and imagination. Because of this text from Genesis, in the ancient world, people of faith understood that words did far more than you and I could possibly ever achieve. Words have the power to create life from nothing. Throughout this year to come, we will explore how God uses the power of word to change the world. And it all begins here, in the beginning. When all things were without structure, empty, a word from God brought light, life, and order to the chaos of oblivion. Words, words are powerful. And as such, they matter. The limitations of our English language, if I can speak it properly this morning, miss the depth and the beauty of what God actually did, as recorded here in Genesis 1.1. The majority of our English Bibles say, when God created the heavens and the earth. But for those first hearing this lesson about God's creative handiwork, they would have understood something slightly different. In the beginning, when God began creating the heavens and the earth. A small variation, yes, but, but one which transforms the way we understand this and every passage of Scripture which follows. Here, in the beginning, God has only just begun this great work. Creation isn't confined to six days with a seventh for rest. Instead, creation is an ongoing process structured by the ebb and flow of the Spirit's presence among us, held together by God's creative word, which continues to shape and form and give life where there is only darkness. And we see that God has only just begun, even here within the text of Genesis's first chapter. After establishing God's radiant presence, calling forth the dome which separates sky from sea, raising up dry land and, and calling for vegetation and plant life to grow and thrive under the lights of the, the newly hung stars so that the creatures of the deep and of the air and of the land might find shelter and food for their nourishment. 
God saw what was made and declared it to be good. But when God got to us, near the end of that sixth day, God declares that the latest creation, humans, are indeed very good. But before we begin to puff out our chest and lift our heads up in some unnecessary sense of pride, take note of what that means. Creation itself starts out as good and continues at the end of the sixth day to be very good. There's room for improvement. God made it so. There's room for growth, room for, room for creation to continue coming into being. God has only just begun. And from the beginning, we grow with God toward the perfection of holiness the Word intends for us. We were created in God's own image, which means a few different things all at once. It means that we were created by God's design just as God intended for us to be. It means that we were created in God's likeness as people who reflect the character and the goodness of God. And it means that we were created to imitate God, to participate in God's creative work. We were created to create. We were created to create because we were spoken into being by the word that caused light to shine in the darkness days before the sun, moon, and stars took shape. We were created to create because the same creative force chose to take on our very good human flesh and to dwell among us. The creator becoming the creation that we might become more. Words matter. Because God's own creative, life-giving word is Jesus himself, and we are made in his image. I'm convinced that for this reason, we are captivated by Various forms of story found in print and in song and in stage and in dance because these expressions are our faithful contributions to the work that God has created us to join in. I'm convinced that the reason we can celebrate human ingenuity in, in technology, in medicine, in conservation, and in exploration is because in them we see God's own likeness which continues to create for the sake of producing life in spite of chaotic death. I believe that the light which shone over the first day of creation is the light of Christ Jesus, which John tells us is now the light and life of all people. Those born out of the first creation, those born from the new creation of Jesus' empty tomb, and those who await the renewed creation when the Spirit raises us from the dead 
and brings us into that Sabbath rest that God promises for each and every creeping thing on this earth. The life that God has envisioned for us from the beginning. Words matter. Because without them, we are still formless, void, and lifeless. Words matter, and in a world where our entire day is consumed by words, signs along the roadside, articles in the paper, tirades on social media, and talking heads on the television, it seems that we often take words for granted. We know this to be true in the way we use our words to kill our neighbor, to to slander their good name, to gossip about their hardships, or to mislead them for our own benefit. As life-giving as words can be, we also know that sometimes words have been used to destruct and demean and destroy. Words are indeed powerful, and the distortion of sin has been used by each and every one of us to position ourselves over against our neighbor and to bring us out of the likeness of God's own image. As people of God, we do not believe that we have the right to say whatever we want because what we say is a direct reflection of the God who spoke us into being, whose own word took our flesh that we might be his own, And who continues to speak through us by the Holy Spirit. Our words matter. And there are reasons that we have two commandments directly related to the practice of speaking. Because to take God's name in vain is to deny the outpouring of love we receive from the creator who lets us know God by his own name. And to lie is to destroy the creative bond of God which exists between neighbors and friends. Martin Luther said of the second commandment that when we speak the name of God, we do so to call upon God for aid, to to pray to God for our neighbor's sake, to praise God in worship, and to thank God for the blessings we have so generously and graciously received. And in speaking of the eighth commandment, Luther encouraged Christians not only to refrain from lying or to speak poorly about our neighbor, but but that we use our words instead to apologize for them, to speak well of them, and to interpret everything that they do with charity in the best possible light. Our words matter and Even the commandments understand their creative power. Notice how these prohibitions, right, do not take the Lord's name in vain, do not lie, then become flipped on their head for a creative purpose. To give life, to show the light of God, to use the power of words responsibly for the sake of the God who created us and for the people whom God created. Words are indeed powerful, and I think that that's what marks creation as very good. 
Not that we as humans sit at the top of the food chain or have opposable thumbs, but that we were gifted with the beauty of words, the responsibility to join in on God's continued work of creation, to listen, to learn, to share, to continue this good creation that God started in the beginning. And so selfish gain and cynicism are cast aside. The character of our words reflect the character of our creator. One who gives freely, fully, and generously. One who, one who interprets all things with mercy and compassion. One who continues to create even as we live and breathe here and now. And so our words are not empty or shared in vain because they are an extension of God's creative power, God's own presence in the world, which means that our words matter because God matters, God's creation matters, you matter. The Sabbath rest at the end of this account of our beginning is not the end of God's activity in creation. The creative word is never silent. God continues to speak, continues to create, continues to improve upon an already good creation by drawing us all toward our own Sabbath wholeness and completion. Take comfort. That even in the beginning, God's words have assured us of the promise that we will never be abandoned to wander in the dark void of life. Take comfort that God's words have continued to come to us, offering life when it is most desperately needed. Take comfort. God's words will continue to guide us, that we may follow the Holy Spirit as we create disciples of the risen Jesus, growing in faith and in community through the sharing of God's creative word of resurrection. Take comfort and give thanks that we have been trusted with the words to speak this good news to all who will hear it for the sake of the living God who makes all things new. Amen.